What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint and your walk toward eternity. Uh, you hit me up with your questions on faith, on morality, on discipleship. I will pray with them, study them, and talk to my friends about them, and hopefully get back to you with a response that is good for you to become a saint, to grow in virtue, to grow in holiness and mature as a disciple of Jesus Christ in the 21st century. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions and comments and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. If it's good for you, it might be good for other people as well. On today's show, we are going to be talking about how do we bring our kids back after they've left the church? This is a question I get all the time. And so I'm going to share with you this through my prayer. I mean, I pray with this question a lot because I really wanted to have the mind of Christ when answering it. Uh, but before I respond to that question, I want to start off with a glory story. <laughs> My glory story this week is this Vagabond Missions is in Baton Rouge. You've heard me talk about Vagabond for a while now, but the missionaries have begun their assignment here in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And it's just so beautiful, like the simple things of just having them around our campus here at Sacred Heart of Jesus in our neighborhoods. They've been going to one of our local high schools, uh, secular, a public high school uh, in our community. And but uh, something cool that happened was me and Deacon Michael Parker, he's the air director, we do a walking rosary every Thursday around the neighborhood just to sanctify the land, to intercede for our, our neighbors, for our community, to pray for them, even if they haven't asked for prayers. Because I believe there are people who pray for, who've been praying for me that I didn't ask them to pray for me, but they did, and, and the fruit of their prayers was my conversion. Um, and so we pray for our neighbors, all of our neighbors, um, to have a deeper encounter with God's love, uh, specifically through this mission, Vagabond. As we were praying the rosary, though, a woman saw us praying the rosary, and she just pulled over, like, like who are y'all? What are y'all doing? I was like, I'm Father Josh. And she's like, yeah, I've seen you before. And then he's Dick and Michael. And, and she asked us about what, what the mission is for Vagabond. And, and we told her, and she was like, well, I got, I got teenagers. Can I send my inner city teens to y'all? And we were like, you sure can. And then we ran to one of our local law enforcement officers, and he, he told us, I'm from this neighborhood. I would have loved to have something like Vagabond whenever I was a kid. Can I please volunteer with y'all? Can I mentor the kids with y'all? We're like, heck yeah, you can. So it was just so beautiful just by us going out to pray the rosary, how many encounters we've had along the way with different people who are excited about the mission, who want to collaborate with us in the mission, uh, who want to serve. And so my glory story is just, yeah, the, the, when we are faithful to our place, when we embrace our place in the space that we're called to in the body of Christ, like God just makes the things happen how they're supposed to happen. And I'm not saying it's not going to be messy. I'm not saying it's not going to, uh, we're not going to have heartache and, and trials and errors and whatever. But I, I do say that when we're faithful to God, the Lord provides what we need um, to become saints and form saints. And sometimes what we need is a cross, a heavy cross at that. But uh, it's always worth it because the cross always, always, always leads to the resurrection. So now let's go ahead and jump into today's topic about how do we bring our kids back when they left the church?
Okay, so great question today. I have kids who left the church. How to bring them back? Well, first of all, you don't bring them back, right? Um, God draws them back, and then they, with their free will, respond to God's grace. And so uh, as I've been praying for, for you with this question, I first and foremost have been drawn to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity. There's no better evangelist. There's no better catechist. There's no better disciple maker than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Not one, not one better. Jesus Christ was the most patient person, the most kind person, the most merciful person, most sacrificial giving person, the most joyful person. And yet and still, even though he was joyful and patient and kind and prayerful and, and good and true and beautiful, even though he went on to invest three years of disciple making with his followers. And remember, disciples of teachers, like they didn't just study their, their writings, they lived with the teacher. They, they, they studied the teacher's prayer. They worked with the teacher. They played with the teacher. They rested with the teacher. They had recreation with the teacher. They ate meals with the teacher. They, the apostles literally invested their life with Christ and Christ with them. And after three years of Christ pouring everything out for Peter and for James and for John and for Thomas and for Matthew and for Simon the Zealot and Judas, Judas still betrayed him and walked away. Even after Jesus was nothing but good to him and a good witness to him, and Judas still chose to walk away. Peter still chose to deny him. Matthew still chose to abandon him. Thomas still chose to doubt him. So if this happened to Jesus, our God, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, what makes us think that it won't happen to us? No matter how joyful we might be as parents, no matter how patient we might be, how virtuous, how kind, how holy of a witness, how prayerful, no matter how much we fast, we have to recognize that Jesus loved Judas more than we could ever love our kids. Jesus loved Judas more than we could ever love our kids and Judas still chose to walk away. So your kids in freedom might still choose to walk away. No matter how many youth conferences you send them to or how many Bible studies they participate in or, or how often they see you praying on your knees, like those things are good and helpful. We ought to be witnesses because as St. Pope Paul VI says, the world today, kids today don't listen to teachers, they listen to witnesses. And if in fact they listen to a witness, it's because that witness was first and foremost a teacher. We ought to be witnesses because it does plant seeds but we also need to be aware that everyone is free, including our kids. They are still free to make their own decisions. They are still free to walk their own path. And sometimes it's a path to perdition, but they are free and God's not going to ever force us. So we cannot force them to be holy. We cannot force them to be disciples. We cannot force them to be saints. We invite them like God invited the disciples. Like Jesus invites us. So, we ought to be people of prayer, like St. Monica prayed and fasted for Augustine and he eventually had a conversion. But we ought not to hold on to the expectation of that we're going to see the fruit of our prayer in our lifetime. We might, but we might not. Remember St. Charles de Foucault? He didn't see any fruit, visible fruit. He saw fruit in himself. He saw patience and kindness and, and fortitude growing, the virtues being cultivated, but he didn't see any conversions when he went to go minister to the Muslims in Saudi Arabia. He didn't see any Catholics join his religious order and then he died. And it was 10 years after his death that 
the visible fruit began to manifest and people began to join the order that he founded and Muslims began to convert to the faith that he loved so much to the God that he worshiped, Jesus Christ. We cannot hold on to expectations. Expectations are a fruit of greed, right? And so we pour ourselves out, we plant the seeds, but then we trust that that someone else will come and water those seeds. And even after they water those seeds, our kids are still free to resist that, to resist that, to choose to walk away from that. Uh, in Matthew 5, Jesus Christ preaches the Beatitudes and he says, blessed are the poor. The poor are those of us who really believe that God is enough. God is sufficient. And our, our joy comes from the fact that we have God. Because we have God, we have all. We have everything. Everything. I, my, my joy does not come from having Jesus and having a parish full of disciples. My joy as a vocation director, does, it comes from Jesus. It does not come from having Jesus and having a lot of seminarians on the poster. I don't need that. All I need is Jesus. My, my, my joy comes from Jesus and Jesus Christ alone, not from having Jesus and being physically healthy right now. No, my, my health, the, the number of seminarians we have, the, the, the number of parishioners who are coming to confession and worshiping God at mass and becoming disciples, that is not what gives me joy. Only Jesus. Everything else is extra. Everything else is lanyard. Our joy must come from God and God alone. Everything else must be extra. So what are some things that we can do? Because even though Judas did not come back, Peter did come back. Well, we can look at Jesus again. Look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? Because as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are students of Jesus Christ today. We are called to follow Jesus Christ and imitate Jesus Christ. And so what did he do after Peter denied him, after Peter abandoned him? Well, he went to Peter. He pursued Peter. So we can pursue our kids. We can go to them. And we can say, peace be with you. We can pray for them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they've done. And if they leave us and leave the church again, we can keep pursuing them over and over again and invite them over for a meal like Jesus did. Whenever Peter left him in the upper room, remember after Peter abandoned Jesus and denied Jesus, Jesus appears to Peter and says, peace be with you. And Peter's like, you can't be talking to me. I've messed up too much. And Peter says, I'm going fishing. He was saying, I'm going, I'm going back to my former way of life. I, I can't be disciple anymore. And he goes to fish and Jesus goes after him again. And then Jesus does something for him while he was away. He, he, he brings fish to Peter and then he cooks for Peter. So if your kids leave the church, invite them over for dinner, cook for them, still, still be in relationship with them, whether or not they're in relationship with the Lord or not, you be in relationship with them. And then by them seeing your, your love for, for them, by them seeing the way that you are patient with them and kind of them, they might, might be open to having this conversation about God again. They, they might be open to Jesus. Peter wasn't shamed. Do we shame our kids whenever they leave the church? Do we expose them to other family members? Do we talk about them? No, we pray for them. If they do come to get close to us, let them get close. If they express their doubts, let them. Thomas expressed his doubts and Jesus didn't say, Thomas, because you doubt, I'm mad at you. Even after the passion, death, resurrection and ascension into heaven, it says that all the apostles began to doubt. All of them doubted when he ascended to heaven. So if they're expressing doubts, let them express doubts. Process those doubts with them. When Matthew was a tax collector, when Matthew was a public sinner, Jesus Christ went and spent time with him. Spend time with him. Spend time with them and love them. Pray for them and fast for them. Invite others to pray for them and fast for them. Invite them to, to Mass. And if they come, they come. If they don't, okay, well, I'm still going to keep inviting. 
after James abandoned him, the first thing he said was, peace be with you. When our kids come home after they've left the church, do we always bring up their stuff every time we talk to them? Or do we try to cultivate a relationship with them, period? Like follow them out of Jesus. Whenever they make, if, if they come back to church for any reason, even if it's not a pure reason, rejoice and celebrate. Think about the prodigal son in the, the gospel of Luke chapter 15. Jesus Christ tells the story about the prodigal son and he left his home and he was hungry. And the only reason he came back home uh, was because he was hungry. And he, he knows his dad was, was good to his, his workers. And so he says, well, I'll go back home because my dad will feed me better. He didn't go back home because he was sorry for his sins. He went back home because he was hungry. He had impure motivation. But yet the father still rejoiced when he came back home whenever your kids make any progress in growth and holiness, if they start praying a decade of the rosary, rejoice with them, celebrate with them, rejoice with them, celebrate that they're praying a decade of the rosary now. If they say, I open the Bible, rejoice over that. It's one step at a time for them walking back, being drawn back by the grace of God to the sacraments of life of the church. And so rather than always condemning, oh, well, it's not enough that you read the Bible right now. Oh, it's not enough that you're praying the rosary right now. Just take that, that, that gift and say, I bless you. I praise you, God, for this gift. And tell your kid, I'm so proud of you for reading your Bible. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for praying the rosary. I'm so proud of you for going to adoration. I'm so proud of you for going back to confession, right? Whatever it is, make it a celebration. Celebrate the little victories. Because each little victory, each little step in, in holiness, each thing is a step in the right direction back to the Eucharist back to the source and summit of our faith, back to Jesus Christ in the church. And certainly have those tough conversations every now and then, right? Um, certainly be a joyful witness. Certainly never stop praying. But also don't hold on to the expectation. Don't let your joy come from them coming back to the church. Let your joy be in God and God alone. Again, even that plants seeds. But we have to reverence that people are free. And so while it is good to be a witness, because it plants these while it is. I mean, John Paul's dad was a great witness. John Paul struggled. St. John Paul the Great struggled with the faith. He struggled with the church teaching on Mary. And the only reason he went to Mass after his dad died and his mom died and his brother died and his sister died and his friends were in jail was because of his dad's witness. His dad's witness of going to Mass planted a seed. So he went to Mass and he ended up finding a community and the community walked with him. So yeah, witness is very important and that might be the thing, but it might not, right? Pray for your children's friends, send your angels. I and mean, how often do we not utilize our angels? Send your angels to, to intercede for them, right? To do ministry. Angels work all through the Bible for people, minister to people, communicated God's messages to people, protected people from the enemy, right? So there's a lot of things that we can do, obviously, but we look to Jesus as the model, right? What did Jesus do? He pursued, he prayed for them. He extended peace to them. He did not expose them to shame. Um, he allowed them to go and to come and to go and to come and to go and to never come back. Um, so we must imitate Jesus because that's who we are. That's who you are. You and I, we are the body of Jesus Christ. And so the life of Jesus Christ must be lived again and again and again in and through us. And so how did Jesus respond whenever they left? He didn't leave the father. He kept talking to the father. Did his heart break? Sure. But he still responded with so much love for the Father and so much love for them. So he gives us the model. We are invited to be an extension of the life of Christ today, again and again and again today. So, yeah, those are some of my thoughts. Now, again, there are other things we could do, right? So like inviting other people to pray for them and fast for them, right? Without gossiping about them, without exposing their sins to shame. But we can invite others to pray and fast and, and um and we keep inviting them. We don't stop inviting. We don't stop pursuing. We don't stop being a joyful witness. We don't stop any of that stuff. 
Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Lord is inviting all of us to be detached from results, to be detached from seeing visible fruit, and to be open to that fruit, whether or not it's seen or unseen, because God's love is sufficient. It is sufficient. And so it's important that we also like examine our own walk with the Lord and our own discipleship, our own relationship. Because when we're abiding with the Lord, nothing even matters. It's like that Lauren Hill song, because nothing even matters at all. Nothing even matters. Yeah, you know, nothing even matters. It's like, God, I, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to fast, and I'm not going to hold on to expectation. I'm just going to do my part <laughs> um, and offer them freedom. So I'm, I know that might be a painful response, and there might be other ways, but that's the way that I felt called to share based on my time praying for you. With that being said, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into our, our saint for the show. It is actually a blessed member of the body of Christ who I think could be an inspiration for all of us. Hi there, I'm Mark Hart, and I want to share with you an exciting new series called Venture, the Bible Timeline for High School. Now, let's be honest. The Bible is easily the most confusing, most misunderstood book of all time. How do these random time periods, these random people, these random stories all fit together? And what do they mean for me and for my life? In this study, we're going to take a journey through the basic story of Scripture from Genesis through Revelation, so that by the end of it, teenagers will understand the big picture of salvation history. Because when we come to know the story, we come to know our place in the story. To find out more and get a free preview of this engaging new study, visit ascensionpress.com backslash venture. And we are back. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. If it's good for you, it might be good for others as well. Our saint for the day is Blessed Anthony Nero. And so he was, this is a crazy story, right? He was a guy who was a priest who messed up, right? He was a priest who made some big mistakes. He committed some serious sins and, and he came back and had a conversion. So this guy was a priest, uh, and a Dominican priest at that, but he was just like, man, he was stuck in his own ways and he wanted things. He was like Burger King. Like, is it, I want it my way? Or is that Backstreet Boys? Cause I want it that way. Or have it your way. Have it your way is Burger King. Uh, so he wanted to have it his way, and he was never happy. Everything was never good enough for him. And so when he got assignments that he didn't like, he would always say, well, move me. I'm not happy here. And then they would move him as opposed to being like, no, just be obedient and stay. They, they, they moved him, and they kept moving him, and he would go to this place and that place, and he'd say, oh, these people aren't good enough for me. I want somewhere else. They're not smart enough for me. They're not holy enough for me. And he kept getting moved. And so finally he was being moved uh, to, to Naples, and as he was traveling to Naples via ship, his ship got taken advantage of by a bunch of pirates and he became a slave to these pirates and these pirates were these uh, Muslims and and he lived such a comfortable life as a priest he wasn't familiar with self-sacrifice so the moment that that he could uh, find freedom from the Muslims he would and so they're like look we'll, we'll free you if you become a Muslim if you renounce the faith we'll free you he's like all right I've renounced the faith I just don't want to suffer and so he literally left his faith and accepted Islam, uh, left Jesus Christ. And because he was a former priest, the caliph gave this priest, Father Anthony, the gift of marrying his daughter, right? 
he married his daughter. And so now he's married. He's a priest, y'all, and he's breaking his vow of celibacy. He renounced the faith. He's not praying the of the hours. He's living this, this very comfortable life as a sinner. He apostatized from Jesus, right? And so he gives up his faith, and he starts to translate the Quran, right, into, into Latin, into Italian. He begins to spread this message of Islam. He's a Catholic priest, y'all, baptized Catholic priest, and he's renounced the faith, and he's trying to bring people away from Jesus. Like, this is a serious scandal. So we might be like, oh, man, like, this is, this is the worst. What's going on? And so this is going on, and this is going on for a long time. And, um, and then eventually people found out how he was living, and they start to pray for him, and they pray for him, and they pray for him, and they fast for him, and they fast for him, and they fast for him. And his mentor, this Dominican priest, St. Antoninus, dies. And he, as a member of the body of Christ in heaven, appears to Father Anthony, and he calls him to conversion. Right? You need to repent, and you need to come back home. This was a huge wake-up call for him. And so whenever his priest mentor appeared to him, he saw God's mercy in that. And he sent his wife back to her family. He began to live a life of prayer and of penance. He began to recite the most holy rosary every single day. He begged God for his mercy. He lived a life as a public figure who apostatized. And so now he lived as a public figure who was living penance in the body of Christ. He went to confession and he asked his his community, to please forgive him, to please forgive him. And you know what they did? They did. And he once again was in right relationship with, with Jesus Christ. He publicly proclaimed Jesus Christ from the rooftop. Now, the caliph liked him. The caliph said, look, man, I enjoyed you as a son-in-law. Like, I, I will take you back if you come back to me now. And I will give you more. I will take care of you. All you have to do is just come back to this Islam faith. Renounce Jesus Christ. Renounce your Christianity. Leave the Catholic Church again. But he said, no, I am a Catholic priest. And as a Catholic priest, Father Anthony boldly proclaimed Jesus Christ until he was martyred, until he was brought to prison and stoned to death. This is a story of somebody who did come back who left. And so if, if this priest can fall away from the sacraments, can leave Jesus Christ and come back, then we should have hope that our kids can too, right? He didn't have a conversion while his mentor, St. Antoninus, was still alive. St. Antoninus died first, and then he had a conversion. You might die first, but your kids might later have a conversion, through your intercession from heaven, right? You might be able to appear to them in a dream. But now, this, this priest, who at one point was an apostate, is now known as Blessed Anthony Nero. So your kids have the capacity to be saints. Just don't give up hope.
So blessed he, blessed Anthony, blessed, way up he is blessed. Blessed Anthony Nero, we invite you, um, we invite you to pray for us to all have conversions. Heavenly Father, in your name and through your power, we ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon all of our sons and daughters who've left the church. And through the intercession of blessed Anthony Nero, through the intercession of St. Peter, we ask that you draw them back home. Whether we see it or not, whether we are alive when it happens or not, Lord, we ask that you give them the grace to experience purification and transformation, to abide in your love now and always. We ask this prayer, Father God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, y'all. Love you very much. Stay tuned for more shows. Deuces. Deuces.